I'm Camille. I'm Anita. And, and we're, we're the, the Soul, Soul Sisters. Sisters. Welcome to the first Bouncing Back podcast. And today we are interviewing Tara Thatcher. And we would like to welcome her and have you start by introducing yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Well, thank you both so much for having me. Um, my name is Tara Thatcher. I am a business owner. I created my company Perfectly Prepared in 2011 to help women deeply connect with themselves and bring out their inner confidence, um, being comfortable in their own skin, and learning how to project that not only onto the competition stage, but the stage of life. Yes, that's all we're about here, taking one small industry and applying it to applying all those lessons and advice across the board. And finding that balance during prep and it's uh, very important is after prep. Absolutely. Exactly. Love it. So we're going to start today. We just have a couple um, questions we're just going to kind of ask you and we'll just kind of see where the conversation takes us and I'll kind of be the pacekeeper for today. Um, but feel free to include anything you want. Uh, more advice, the better. So we're all about helping every, um, empowering women that are just looking to do more in their life. And get, uh, we're here to offer tips, tricks, and advice on how to do that and become the own ringmaster of their own life and balance it all. Ringmaster. Right. So, Tara, you have competed 13 times, <laughs> I believe. Yes. So it's definitely, you're not a newbie to the fitness industry. No. <laughs> and you've done both bikini and figure. And so what struggles have you had uh, to balance eating um, and not having to get ready for a show? What does your balance look like for you when you're not competing? So it's been quite a while since I've competed. 2013 was my last show. And I, for a long time, competing was such a huge part of my identity. And that's how I identified myself to other people. You know, I'm a figure competitor. I'm a bikini competitor. I am you know, that was my life. And so it was really hard to step away from that and find a balance. It took me actually years to, to find that. And it was, I think we, and we talked about this a little bit is stepping away from programming. And I think that that is a really important topic that people don't talk about because after the show, you know, you learn, you need to learn how to trust yourself and find what works for you. And I think that a lot of coaches and trainers neglect to teach their clients that or, or teach them how to trust themselves in essence and be able to move away from that. So for me, it was kind of trial and error. It was um, at first kind of a big, it felt like a loss because I knew that I was done and it was almost like I had to grieve that part of me and that part of my identity and not saying that anymore and not using that to describe who I was. Mm -hmm. yep. So that was really hard to say, like, I am Tara Thatcher outside of a competitor. Who am I? Like, that was that was rough. Your business, you kind of had to rediscover your business, yourself. Yeah. yeah. And then and then identifying myself as a coach and not using competitor was was fine, but it was hard and nobody really talked about like when you're done competing, how do you move yeah, forward? Absolutely. And so for for food for me, it was like I've been I've been following meal plans for, you know, gosh, on and off for eight years of competing. And it was moving forward like how do I learn how to trust what my body needs? Mm -hmm. Because it will tell me what I need. And how do I and, and people call these this different things. So uh, some people say it's intuitive mm -hmm. eating, some people would just say it's like learning to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily need a label for it. But I would call it living free, mm -hmm. okay. you know, yeah. without the constraints like of, way to put it. of mm -hmm. programming. Mm -hmm. um, so it took me years. Uh, at first, it was working through the kind of guilt and shame mm -hmm. of, you know, oh, this isn't on my meal plan, but I ate it anyways. Mm -hmm. So now I feel guilt around this food that I actually really enjoyed. But now I'm now I'm going to go punish myself with workouts or cardio because I feel like I have to make up for it in some manner. And that was a really hard, the guilt and shame cycle was a hard one for me to break. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have kind of had that 
it got so bad for me that I was like <laughs> sitting in my car eating cookies <laughs> from lunch at, at like two o'clock in the morning after work. And I'm like, I'm, I would buy a pack of yeah. cookies. And like, I felt like for whatever reason, if I just ate it in my car, <laughs> it'd be it okay. didn't count. Like, it's my car. It's a tight yeah, little bubble. It's the middle of the night. No I locked my door. Nobody saw me and I totally disposed of the evidence. <laughs> Either the cookies into my mouth or the wrapper into the trash. Yeah. So nobody knows about it unless they look at the crumbs. <laughs> but it got it got to almost eating disorder bad for me. Okay. For a little while. And there. Camille, I think you you battled a little bit of that. Absolutely. I started I actually never before I started competing, I didn't have any problems with food or the way I looked. And now I'm kind of in the middle of it, and we kind of have a really interesting like splay of yeah, points right in career-wise mm-hmm. for at least competing, and in different points with food Ooh. trust. Like I'm still very fresh off the bat, where I still have to remind myself that I know that I can yeah. listen to my body. But she's very intuitive about it. She has been listening, and she would um, talk to me during prep, and she's on she's on the path to understand mm-hmm. yeah that. she relies heavily on that if it fits your macros mm-hmm. but she's learned so much how to when to and what to eat exactly so I went I did two preps with very rigid meal plans and then I had way more extreme binge eating mm-hmm. problems after and as soon as I did if it fits your macros where I got to choose what I wanted to eat so I got to choose like more foods that could fill me up that my body actually wanted and I would try to listen to see like if there were certain minerals that I would be wanting, like, am I craving stuff that has vitamin C in it? And like, I actually ate a bell pepper during prep and I felt really guilty about it because I had hit my macros for the day, but I could feel in my bones that I needed vitamin C. And I know Mm -hmm. that bell peppers have vitamin C (laughs) and like, it was so stupid. And I was like, when I said it out loud, it sounded really dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a bell pepper. My goodness. (laughs) It's a bell pepper. (laughs) I literally had to consult multiple people before I ate this stupid pepper. But like, it's scary because you're Mm -hmm. like, this is a very irrational to be able to be afraid of eating a bell pepper people mm-hmm. like it was healthy food, <laughs> that's so. maybe taking it to the extreme but yeah you were, you were it was on your close goal, to prep but you know I felt like I was disregarding my body but now that I'm more aware and looking for those things I don't fear food as much good um, which is why I actually like the biggest part about this podcast is me um kind of having fun with food and mm-hmm. like start doing my air fryer Friday and stuff that's been like super fun for me and I like struggled with eating in the past and I read a book about intuitive eating mm-hmm. and that helped. And I don't even like telling people that because it's kind of embarrassing to like, I didn't know how to eat on my own and like I'm a human and that's human nature. Yeah, I think it's part of the learning process. And so yeah. many and other people have, have it. Path. So reading that book helped a lot. And then I just tried to be like, you know what? I don't have to fear this thing that I need to survive. I'm going to have mm-hmm. fun with it mm-hmm. instead, which is why now I like to still stick within my parameters of my plan, mm-hmm. but try to make the healthiest, most delicious food I can with it. So I tried to get excited about food instead of fearing it because there definitely used to be a lot of fear associated with food. Yeah. Good versus bad. That's a really great mindset, like a good mindset switch to go from fear to say like, hey, I love to eat and I need food anyways. So how can I look at it in a healthier manner and have fun with it within the parameters that I'm giving myself? Right. And and that's a a good way to move forward because for me, I, I got really stuck in that I have to eat this and mm-hmm. like the if it fits your macros is something that kind of came at the tail yeah, end of yeah, when absolutely. I was done competing. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a very accepted way um, yeah. to, to maybe eat. Right. It was oh, bro diet. Or oh, it was bro diet. It was yeah. bro diet. And even though I was relatively like high calorie, yeah. um, high carb for most of my competitions, it was still like, it's a choice. You know, you make this choice to do this challenge, to challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it also has to be smart because mm-hmm. if you are, if you're feeling tired and stressed and lashing out in people and being awful, like, is that really worth your time and effort to be that way? Because like all of us, I'll just say that we're not that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not mean people. Mm-hmm. We're not mean spirited. We're not angry. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when is, you know, when is it enough enough? You know, like right. I feel like people 
act like martyrs around food and, and, oh, I sacrificed this and I can't believe that somebody would eat pizza or a candy bar around me. And I'm like, good Lord. Somebody else's food choices don't affect no, you unless I you choose a that. A lot of times you see competitors make it harder than it really mm-hmm. needs to be. And I wanted, because I hadn't competed in six years and mm-hmm. I had two kids in between. So this was a long waiting goal through many different bodies before I was even able to think about stepping on stage. And when I was finally able to in tune with my family and make that choice and make that happen, I made a conscious choice that I don't it doesn't need to be hard. I do Mm -hmm. a lot of hard things in my life, but Mm -hmm. eating the right food for a short amount of time to obtain a goal in a body that I, I, I'm going to strive for Mm -hmm. and try to put my best package together doesn't need to be hard. It's a goal. So just work towards it, complain Mm -hmm. less, Mm -hmm. plan better, focus more. And if the food is fluctuating in and out and you can't control how you're feeling, if you're not having enough carbs, then maybe you should intuitively look mm-hmm. look more and fill with those. Mm-hmm. I had my ups and downs when you're depleting. It's hard on the, the mental state of everything. You don't know if it's a craving or if your body actually yeah. needs it. And it's hard um, to sing just that. dealing with that depleting and moving up and down, but allowing it just to be part of the process and choosing it not to be hard. That don't was, blame someone else for eating a candy bar. You're no. That was like the biggest thing. And I even shared that at your posing class was like the biggest thing for me competing this year that made my prep so much more enjoyable from a mental standpoint was hearing Anita say prep doesn't have to be hard. Mm -hmm. I like came to her with a complaint and she was like really nice about Mm -hmm. it. But like just saying that prep doesn't have to be low energy. It doesn't have to be miserable. It doesn't have to mean hunger. Hunger. That was the biggest thing. I mean, are there points where you might be hungry or get that hanger? Yeah. You're in prep. You're pushing Mm -hmm. your body. You're pushing everything. It's going to happen, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be the hardest thing or the worst thing that happened to you that day. It was just a moment and you fix it and then you, you carry on and you don't need to complain to every joke. Choose who you complain yeah. to, right? Right. And We've all learned that. Well, <laughs> and think about the people around you that are affected by oh, your yeah. choice to compete and your choice and like the mindset that you have mm-hmm. around food and working out and even right. your prep. Like if it's damaging to your spouse, to your children, mm-hmm. to your friends, to your relationships, what are you doing? Right. Or why are you doing this? Right. Or there has to be a better way that you can integrate it into your life and not make your life revolve around competing because that ends up being a really unhealthy obsession, you know, where it's like, it's an addiction, like, like drinking, like drugs, like things like Mm -hmm. that. So how do you make it more approachable and how do you present a more, a balanced feel to it when people really feel like they have to go to some kind of extreme to achieve this when it doesn't necessarily, I I really don't believe it needs to go there. No. And I think you can, push it to the extreme during peak week and push everything out or or put your body to a new level that you haven't put it, put it to or a new everything. But at the same time, it doesn't have to completely engulf your day and take over your family. And when you're eating your food and someone doesn't get what's going on and they get snarky, don't be complaining about your food at the same time. They're going to feed into that. You Mm -hmm. have to show them that it's a positive choice that you're making Mm -hmm. and try to bring as much positivity. And yeah, you're really proud about it. Like I can't believe how many girls backstage are like either upset or just not happy to be there. And it's just like, I think that people forget that this is a choice and it should be fun and it should be exciting. Obviously there are parts along the way that aren't fun and they kind of suck and it's kind of part of the game, but that's what makes makes it so fun. It's balancing all of that. Like balancing the ups and downs. Yeah. But most of the competition is held within the 12 weeks or the five months or however long your prep is. Six months. Behind behind the scenes. Ten years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it is. and, And I think that the best thing that I got out of competing was learning who I was, you know, and because when you challenge yourself with something that you don't, you know, maybe don't know a whole lot about when you start and then you start learning about it, you start learning about yourself and kind of mm-hmm. your your own boundaries and things that unless you challenge yourself or continue to challenge mm-hmm. yourself, you will never learn. And to me, that is the win. You know, for my first show, just getting on stage was the win, feeling mm-hmm. confident and visible yeah. and powerful. That was the win. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, the, the trophy. Yeah, that's great. But mm-hmm. that's also something we all know that you can't 
You can't control, control the outcome. We're going home with that. Oh, so I know all about that. <laughs> we do. We so, all do. Yeah, we do. If that's your goal, like if it's just your goal to do, it's great to have a goal with it. But if it's just your goal for that, like it's really empty, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the actual journey is the win Absolutely, for me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you have to set goals based on how you perform. Like, mm-hmm. were you a more positive human this prep? Right. That's a win. <laughs> That's a win. Were you less hangry at your family? Yeah. That's a win. Yes. Are, you, are you a good role model to your children Absolutely. with the way that you talk about your body and food? Absolutely. Because I think that people forget that, especially women, like your daughters are watching oh, you yeah. and like the way that you talk about your body and the way that you, you talk about food is really important yeah. because family and life is more important than competition. Yep. It just, it is. Point blank. <laughs> right. Exactly. Competition will, can come and go and it can be a phase, but mm-hmm. yeah, family, lifestyle, all of that. And and d- my daughters were listening to us talk about food. Having and three bodybuilders in the house. Has, yeah, very we three, three at one time, so they're very exposed. She still hits a couple poses and uh, she mm-hmm. was talking about glutes for a while. And I was like, hey, let's not worry about your glutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, definitely. They're picking up. They're watching. It's very close-knit. So, you know, and the food, the girls eat pretty clean. They, mm-hmm. eat, they like rice. They like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if they wanted to enjoy some other food, we didn't restrict them on any level on that. that That's right. really good. Yeah. One of the things too that I see now that I'm like hyper aware of is the food obsession after the show. Ooh. It's like the post show binge where it's really glorified and everyone seems to validate each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that you and I'm not opposed to having something that you enjoy, but do you really enjoy going overboard and feeling like crap after eating, you know, 20,000 calories or the 10,000 yeah, calorie challenge? Gosh. I think it's, I think it's really upsetting and, and really embarrassing actually to watch that because I think that you set yourself up with that meal after the, after the show, you set yourself up for failure mm-hmm. or success in your off season or post show. And when people binge, that's an eating disorder oh, yeah. and we're setting if we're if we're doing that, or if we are, are validating up. that, we're setting that as kind of an acceptable, right. you know, role in the industry right. and thing, and it's not acceptable. No. It's it's obsession. It's food obsession. It's well, binging. It's, it's actually so an eating and disorder. Think, think what it does to the body. You know what I mean? Just even post show, like I had some in- inflammation because I hadn't eaten processed foods for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there was some swelling and stuff. It wasn't I didn't heavily gorge. Did I enjoy food and stuff after? Um, yeah, but there was no heavy, heavy gorging. Mm-hmm. But I still had swollen mm-hmm. fingers and toes. And just think if it were someone putting 10,000 calories down, what the body's trying to process and mm-hmm. flip and all that junk that's going through it just be patient you're Mm -hmm. you just pushed your body to a level like you haven't done before on a very strict plan be patient be kind (laughs) that was like the biggest thing too for me was not just like I really was very scared that after my show I would do the same thing I did after my first two competition seasons I would binge eat until it hurt Mm -hmm. I was really afraid of that I didn't want that to happen even though I had all the signs that led me to believe it wasn't going to happen again this time and it didn't thank god but I think a part that helped me the most was understanding why it's bad for your body not Mm -hmm. just for your brain Mm because you feel really guilty when you binge eat and that's like really hard mentally to deal with but I had Eugene Teo explained kind of like what happens with leaky gut where basically mm -hmm. just kind of explained how dairy and gluten can be processed in your body if like handled very well no problems if your body is very um, like stress-free if you're very healthy you're not in a calorie deficit but when you're coming off a show you're an extreme calorie deficit you're very you know tired fatigued stressed out mentally physically and your body's just not ready to handle that level of processed food especially because it just came off of having extremely clean mm-hmm. food so like from a chemistry level your body does not is not producing lactase it so it cannot handle lactose mm-hmm. and people go out and get cheeseburgers pizzas I had a a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And like I did the same thing. I bought a bunch of goat cheese and yogurts and Mm -hmm. stuff, but I knew that it was not only going to be bad for me mentally to overdo it, but that my body was actually going to suffer physically Mm -hmm. if I continue that up. And as soon as I stopped eating my dairy after my show, my inflammation went way Mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. I was like, I should have done this right away. (laughs) Next year we'll go without Mm -hmm. the dairy for a couple months after, but it's just that, 
balance of like, okay, let's not do this overboard because it's bad for you mentally and there's physical reasons. And like, once I knew that, it made me like not want to do it even more because I understood why it like made me understand the reason right. why That's- I shouldn't. I think it's so smart that you research and you learn about that because I think the vast majority of people that get into this uh, sport or hobby, they rely on somebody else for all of the information, but there's plenty of information out there Mm -hmm. if you just take the initiative to go look because if it's a priority to you, you should you should be looking really yeah. honestly. You know, like your coach shouldn't looking be the end right. all be all to you. Mm-hmm. You should be able to find out things on your own too. And one of the things that's that's frustrating that I see are a lot of people get sub a thousand calories a day. They're in such a heavy calorie deficit mm-hmm. doing you know two hours of cardio plus a lift, and that is not it's not, not healthy. healthy. It's not sustainable. It's not okay. And for them, they feel like the sacrifice, they're sacrificing, sacrificing, and that is a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That's a sacrifice yeah. of like well being in general. <laughs> but they sacrifice so much. Like, how, you know, why are people doing that? Why are trainers in this day and age still prescribing things like that? Because that's ridiculous. Right. You know, it's just, it's not healthy. It's not teaching people anything, right. it's harming them it's physically. Too it is too And extreme. the biggest thing that scares me the most is when girls don't question their coaches. Mm-hmm. it's fine to push back on your coach and ask why they're doing that, why mm-hmm. that method is the best. Yes. It's okay to suffer. Please ask your coach why you're suffering. Right. <laughs> well, and also they are learning how <laughs> your body works with the fats, carbs, yeah. proteins. So at the same time, you need to let them know. And what you need on? to learn how you're mm-hmm. feeling. And you need to let them know it's not always necessarily whether they're doing it right or wrong. But if, as they're learning about you, because it takes time. you got to take mm-hmm. time with the trainer as they get to know how your body is going to come in for show day and everything. And a good coach will listen to what you have to say. Totally. They might not accept it no, unless you're asking for marshmallows and chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> yeah they're gonna shake their head but if you're saying my body wants fats or instead of carbs oil or avocado yeah. yeah i felt like i got a stomach ache after my reese's peanut butter cups for my pump up yep. at the first show and i asked my coach like who gives up reese's peanut butter cups right i was like can we do honey mm-hmm. instead yeah. i felt like i got a little bit of a stomach ache from the right mm-hmm. reese's peanut butter think cup. of all the process everything in a reese's peanut butter yeah. cup like mm-hmm. i still shake my head peanut butter cup. Honey's good. Do something natural. I just felt like I wanted to change it. So I did. It's not like it was set in stone. Totally. Yeah. Do the Justin's peanut butter cup. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that people like are so trusting, but then instead of voicing their concern, they are like, Oh, I, instead of saying something, Mm -hmm. they go and eat something that's not on their plan. And what that does, it it gives a result that wasn't what was manipulated. And then moving forward, they're not giving their coach the truth, actually. Mm -hmm. So I think that like setting some non-negotiables for yourself and, and some parameters around, you know, any of your relationships, whether it be with your trainer, your coach, whoever saying, you know, it's not a non-negotiable for me. I will not do two hours of cardio a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a non-negotiable for me is that, you know, this is going to work around my life mm-hmm. and, you know, um, setting some parameters for communication. And like, if I'm having a struggle with something, how do I reach out to mm-hmm. you? And I need to be able to express honestly what I'm feeling without feeling afraid Mm -hmm. of what you're going to say because if you want my honesty you can't come back at me and shame me or punish me because you're not going to tell next time because then I'm just going to eat the cookies and not tell you about it because I'm afraid of you your reaction and that doesn't help me move forward you know I had I was very lucky to have a coach who you know, I was able to go to with things like that. And I didn't feel shame, mm-hmm. you know, like, I already felt ashamed. That <laughs> you I did already something. beat yourself up. Right. Yeah. I didn't need an additional shaming. Um, and I made a mistake. And it was just about, you know what, just accept that it happened, let it go and just move forward. And it was never about like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did this. And yeah. like, somebody who didn't make a big deal out of it, but was there to support me and, and get me kind of back in the right mindset yeah. was super right. helpful. Right, right. And, like, the biggest thing with that, too, is, like, if most of the time you already beat yourself up, and if your coach is going to get on your case about it, too, that stress that's Mm -hmm. created in your body is going to be ten times worse than whatever you ate. I did the same thing my last last show, last competition season. I ate a ton of peanut butter a week before my show. 
freaked out, did a ton of cardio, <laughs> and I cried <laughs> a lot. I mean, peanut butter doesn't make me cry. <laughs> because I felt I think so powerless. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but oh, it's yeah. like, all said and done, like, I was shredded. It was completely fine. It did not affect my physique. It probably mm-hmm. helped. I probably needed some extra fats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't listening to my body. I wasn't listening for that cue. program. Right. Mm-hmm. So the next time around, I was like, okay, I think I'm needing more of this. And I didn't have any of those moments this prep. Thank God. But it's just being aware of that and, like, mm-hmm. being okay with realizing that you can forgive yourself. Yeah. Accidents happen. Absolutely. Try to prevent them. But they totally happen right. and forgive mm-hmm. yourself because that stress is going to ruin your body way more than that food you ate and some people when they're like yeah i won the full 16 weeks without cheating and i'm like that's bs <laughs> I, I mean unless you are really eating high calories and you're doing if it fits your macros like i don't believe you yeah. if you're, you're eating bro diet i yeah. can guarantee you that you have a little something uh-huh. and there's no shame in saying that like yeah. i would say that i probably I incorporated the last few times I competed a cheat meal in weekly and Mm -hmm. that gave me something to look forward Mm -hmm. to. It helped me mentally and physically. So that was, and emotionally because we're attached to food. (laughs) Uh I mean, we're females. So I had, I like, I had something to look forward to Mm -hmm. and that made my daily life like easier Mm -hmm. because I knew that I was going to get something that I really liked and I was able to choose what it was based on kind of how I was feeling, Mm -hmm. what I, what I wanted. So that was, that was helpful to me. And I know that different coaches do different things. And I really like right now the sustainability of if it fits your macros. Absolutely. So much mental sign. Cause you get to pick if you're going to back yourself into a corner and you feel like you made that decision. Like, sure. You can eat as many Oreos as you want, as long as they fit but in your macros, but you can fit. feel clean about that, mm-hmm. which is huge for me. Cause I have guiltiest conscience in the world. So like if I would have ate an Oreo on my meal plan, I would have felt terrible. Probably would have just eating me alive on the inside but now I can eat one and feel totally fine like I'm Mm -hmm. on track and I still can't be on track I'll jump in because my programming for this last show (laughs) was not I didn't have a coach I didn't have anyone telling me what I could and could not eat so I never had a guilty there was that I have to yell at myself or look down at or be angry with myself if I chose to clean up or eat less carbs and that kind of stuff I went off by a lot of feels for my uh, contest prep uh, but I did during my prep. I would. I, I had a beer. Mm-hmm. I'm a mom. Sometimes you have a lot going on and you need a beer. And I launched a business and we did a bunch of stuff and I would have a cookie and I did. But I did a five month prep. My weight during the whole entire prep shifted probably eight to 12 pounds. I did strip a little bit more body fat off and then come back into Mm -hmm. it. I took a five month prep, but I did that knowing I needed and my body needed that extra time. My skin needed the time, Mm -hmm. but I also know that I needed that time. So I could insert Mm -hmm. my cheats here Mm -hmm. and there mentally when I needed it, maybe Mm -hmm. it wasn't always a big cheat meal, but maybe it was Tuesday and my body wanted a cheeseburger. So Mm -hmm. I'd have it then. And I would just kind of, ebbs and flows Mm -hmm. when I needed it. And if I was working harder at some of my cardio stuff, but I guess I didn't, I didn't do cardio either. (laughs) I did not have a cardio regiment. I did not do 20 minutes here or there. Um, If I needed a boost on something, I would add it in, but some of my workouts were high um, cardio style stuff Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. But that was definitely going off of feels. I took six years of practicing and I had my babies and I'd pull my weight and move it around. So it's just all in learning and getting in tune with who Mm -hmm. you are and and how you want to eat. And to me, that's like so inspiring because right now I'm so dependent on a coach and I'm learning along the way. Like I feel like I still have, I'm being like guided with a coach, but I still, he trusts me enough to that knows that I'm understanding my body, but that's such a positive role model to be like, seeing you so able to trust your body and know what you need to do to get to the way you want your body to look. And like, I'll know I'll get to that point eventually, Mm -hmm. but it's nice to kind of bridge that gap for me right now in between being like completely just shut up and do what you're told kind of a Mm -hmm. mentality to Mm -hmm. like, you know, your body better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. My coach will never feel how I feel on the end, like feeling what I'm craving and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, but so I'm trying to get that to like teamwork makes the dream work kind of situation. Yes, and we're like, work yeah. together and bridge that gap and just get the most information. When it together. comes to competing, absolutely. You're going to take all the knowledge they have as a trainer and yep. they've done over and over and over. You got to take the knowledge that you've learned mm-hmm. from your body and you apply that together and then you get your pro card. 
And that's what Camille did. Right. You know what I mean? It took her three seasons of getting there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But she relied heavily on her coach because she knew she needed his information to get Mm -hmm. her body Mm -hmm. to completely transform in those three years. If you ever look at Camille's before and after photos, that girl worked for the three (laughs) years. She did not expect anyone else to put the work in but herself. So that's, that's, you've got to do the work, but teaming up with a coach is a great thing, mm-hmm. but you got to bring your stuff to the table as well. Mm-hmm. Leave your complaints at home, bring, bring your work right. to the table and, and your knowledge. Bring that information wherever you yeah. go. Well, and I think that's also like bringing, like telling or showing people to take responsibility for themselves, like radical responsibility. It is your job, not anyone else's to do the work. You know, mm-hmm. you can have all the tools, a great trainer, a great coach, you know, all of the things, but unless you put in the work, it doesn't have, it's not going to give you the result you want. And so often we can see people like play the blame game. Like, Oh "Oh, my trainer didn't bring me in. Right. Or my coach didn't tell me this. Mm -hmm. Take responsibility for your own actions. Like, and, and take the action where you can, like Mm -hmm. you're the one that has to determine your mindset every day. You're the one that has to put in the work, the the workouts, like practicing your posing, doing all of the things and learning along the way. So that's your job there. And if you, if you're not ready for that job, then this is probably not for you. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Or not yet. Maybe you're not not ready yet. yet. Yeah. You know, and if your trainer is saying you need two hours of cardio, then maybe you should compete next season. <laughs> not yet. Work a little bit yeah. harder. Not yet. Take some time. The off. stage will be there. Not yet. That's yeah. a whole other podcast. Why you should right. wait between seasons. Why? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes, that is a good one. Um, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I got distracted. But it's interesting okay. to see, like, since I've started and and been part of the industry, how moving forward has changed quite a bit. You know, like when I started, there was not bikini, there was not men's physique, women's physique, Mm -hmm. it was bodybuilding, fitness and figure. And there are so many more resources available now. There's so much more um, support, Mm -hmm. accessibility. Mm -hmm. There's so many more tools available to people out there, coaches, trainers, you know, if you will, experts in the field. Um, but one of the things that I noticed is that what seems to be on the downside is the experience for the competitor mm-hmm. with, with the whole, the whole process. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that you design your own experience mm-hmm. and you, Camille, you definitely did. And Anita, you did too. And I feel like you design the experience that you want. And the show is kind of the celebration on top of that. Mm-hmm. But then you also choose the show that maybe sell it, that, that means something to you. And, and I've noticed that it's just kind of been a kind of on the downside for me, Mm -hmm. just as an observer where I really enjoy the full experience Mm -hmm. where I feel like it's a celebration and it's fun and it's uplifting and I can connect with people. And that is what I love. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, finding the right trainer, coach, um, choosing an event that, that, you know, is the best possible experience for you really helps you capitalize on the, the time and money that you're putting into Absolutely. it. And so many girls I've known, cause I see a lot of girls coming through for suit making, but mm-hmm. some of them are doing a bodybuilding show yet never attended one. Yes. Get the experience. <laughs> like I've, I knew what to expect when I competed mm-hmm. as a bikini competitor. Cause I'm at every single bodybuilding yeah. show, but learn what's going to happen, what your Mm -hmm. day might be at. Ask the professionals what it's going to be like, because that's the day that that's the day that the judges are judging, but it's also the day that you work so hard for and you can get lost in the moment of getting your Mm -hmm. makeup done or getting your hair curled or something not quite going quite right. And you're hung up on a broken fingernail (laughs) when you spent five (laughs) months prepping and ain't no judge going to see a broken fingernail. Like it's okay, gals. Nobody cares. Um, and we get and <laughs> yeah. nervous. We're nervous. You gotta go on stage in front of a bunch right. of people that are coming to watch you and see how you do, and you're nervous. So your competition, your show, it's very important. But what attitude you wake up with that day and Absolutely. what you bring that day is even more. That's just what I was gonna. That's what I remember what I was gonna say. Posing yes. and mindset. Your positivity yes. on show day are the only two things that you can control. Well, mm. posing, I would probably rather control that up to that point i would rather just let yes. that be just natural <laughs> but don't you we don't want you to think about your posing on show day. no you have to do have that, that ahead of time but that is one thing you can't control you can't control how your physique is going to respond even competition over competition mm-hmm. seasoned competitors their bodies cannot be trusted to 
react the exact same way prep over prep mm-hmm. but you can control how much you pose mm-hmm. and how much time and attention you put into that and that's one big thing that i put a lot of effort into i was like i can't control how my physique's gonna change dusty can't control that either but i can control how much time i put into my posing and you mm-hmm. can pose a bad physique absolutely so i made that oh, a huge yeah. pro- priority up until the show and then when it comes mm-hmm. to show day you really can only control your mindset on that mm-hmm. day. Yeah. And that comes across so much across on stage. Like, yes. I've been going to bodybuilding shows since I was 11, since my brothers yep. are bodybuilders and whatever. Mm-hmm. So it, it's more entertaining to watch people on stage. It looks like they're having a good time. Oh my gosh. The people that Absolutely. stomp out there and look, and then they kind of don't want to be there. And I was like, you signed up. You wanted to be here. And now you're, you're taking, you're sucking my fun out. I'm just sitting in the audience and you just sucked all the fun out of it yeah but mm-hmm. it's that mindset that you can control on show day and that's like the un- unhappy girls backstage you worked your butt off for yeah, weeks yeah yeah and, and i think some nerves and fear and stress kind of get in the way and they lose sight of it mm-hmm. um i'll kind of come from my standpoint because i had an interest interesting season this year <laughs> so one show had a blast at um ended up last in the open um, I had three weeks to change what needed to be changed. First, I had three or four days of working through the emotional stuff that comes mm-hmm. with that because getting last um, is hard. It hurts. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting last at anything hurts, you know? Um, so I let the, my emotions be my emotions for the first mm-hmm. three or four days. And I told everyone close to me, I'm going to wait to decide on the second show. And then after I let the hurt kind of stop, was like, no, what are you doing? You're mm-hmm. doing the second show. There really isn't a question. Mm-hmm. Fix everything. You know how you know how competitors compete. You fix. So I went into my close circle and I said, fix my suit, fix mm-hmm. my posing, fix my tan, fix my hair, fix mm-hmm. everything, and then let's see what we can go and do. Yeah. And then we'll decide on everything is. And let's bump me out of last. If you can get me second to last, <laughs> that's winning to me. Or you know, yeah. but you never know who's gonna show up that day. So the mindset I had to bring to my second show was harder than the first mm-hmm. because I'm walking in last, mm-hmm. knowing that. So having to put on a smile and a glow and that feeling, it's a little bit of acting because you're fearful and you're <laughs> like, I can't, I can't do, I don't know if I'm prepared to go through that again. Mm-hmm. But I felt I was, I looked happier mm-hmm. at the second show, even though I was more nervous to be there, to show up that day. Um, but I had, I worked harder. Mm-hmm. I had to change everything that was needed. And I needed to bring a stronger mindset that was about me mm-hmm. and making progress. I saw how I looked and I saw my peak nights mm-hmm. in my gym, but I did not show that at my first show. Mm-hmm. So walking into the second one and ending up winning the open um, novice. in tall mm-hmm. novice and getting second to Camille in the open was was all about my mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if I would have went there that day feeling last and looking last, I would have gotten, gotten last or I would have been shuffled in with everyone else. Mm-hmm. But I had to go there and fluff my giant peacock <laughs> and wave them around yeah. and hope Which the judges totally are looking. Yeah. I had to. But yeah. I needed to do that for me as well yeah. because it's hard. A lot of people in industry know who I am. Mm-hmm. They know my husband. They know everyone. And... I got to show up that day and we got to try again. And that was kind of the mentality. I was like, okay, everyone stop warm hugging me. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. My emotion, I let my emotions be and now I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Now we got to fix. And mm-hmm. then we got to come in as a team. And this is what I need you as my roles. I clarified my roles with my family. Mm-hmm. I told my husband, you're not my picture taker. We're not a picture taker family. You are a judge in this federation. Mm-hmm. You are a trainer. You can tan me. You can do this. I need you to act as that role model. Mm-hmm. Even though I prepped myself and did everything in myself, I needed that trainer rock. person that yeah. rocked that day. And I sent him in to the show to judge me. I said, don't take pictures. You go in and judge me. I don't mm-hmm. care. If you come walking out and say I got last again, then at least I know mm-hmm. that you, you know, I got work to do. Mm-hmm. I got work to do before I can get back out here. <laughs> but he came back and he said, You've bumped up. You've moved up. That's I, awesome. I don't know exactly where. He threw out a couple of numbers, and I, I thought he was just trying to be overly nice when he <laughs> said that. And I was like, okay, now you're yeah. warm-hugging me again, you know, but it was all about 
that mental game that mm -hmm. I had, but I had to find it myself. Mm -hmm. I couldn't rely mm -hmm. on anyone else to do it. And I couldn't rely on social media to, no. to express it no. or let it be anything. <laughs> I didn't you. do any posts. Thank you. I, I thank the show for what it gave me. And there's mm -hmm. no blame to anyone, but myself, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So, and fix and fix. And you did. That was, that was such a powerful moment that you mm -hmm. shared where you went from, you know, I've been last. I know what that yeah, feels like. It hurts. It, it hurts, but it's also like it kind of lights a fire mm -hmm. where you're like, I don't want to feel this way again. Yes. In, in, in the show that I did where I was last, I knew that I wasn't ready. I knew that I hadn't worked as hard as I could have. And that was hard because it was my lesson there was humility. Got it. And I knew after that, like, I can't rely on anyone else. I need to, to, to do the work. I need to put in the time. I need mm -hmm. to make the effort and I need to restructure the way I look at this. Otherwise that is going to be how it is. And it, and it was such an important lesson for me to be able to take that and move forward. Mm -hmm. I still did the show. I knew I wasn't ready, but I had committed to that. Yep. And my word is I'm a person of integrity and my word means yep. something to me. So after that, it was like, okay, I need to look at what I can do better. And I wasn't, I didn't blame anyone else. Mm -hmm. I took full responsibility for that one. That one was me. Yeah, that one yeah. was my bad. That one was my bad. That one was on me. Same yeah. for me. Same for me. Well, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really, it was really powerful to say, like, I take responsibility for my actions mm -hmm. that got me here. I'm able to look at it prospectively and say, you know what? I could have done better in these arenas and I'm really going to work harder mm -hmm. at those. And I'm going to come in next time and I'm not going to feel this way. Taking mm -hmm. extreme ownership for mm -hmm. wherever you are. Absolutely. And that feels really good. Mm -hmm. And usually mm -hmm. there's a really good outcome there, whether it's placing wise or it's just feeling better Absolutely. because then after that you feel like, you have to prove it isn't proving yourself to anyone else. It's just proving to yourself that you can get back in the game and it's character revealing. Like, do you take that radical responsibility? Do you like own those feelings mm -hmm. that you have where you're like, you know, I, I disappointed myself and, and I need to move forward. And how am I going to do that without being mm -hmm. crappy on social media and saying the judges are biased yeah, or, or like, my trainer did this or, you know, like, no, that was my fault. Mm -hmm. My bad. My like, bad. Uh, I'm owning that yeah, one. We'll try it again. Yeah. And then that's like, a, that's such a beautiful thing to, to just move forward and, and not, and not blame anyone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's powerful because mm -hmm. that's mindset and that's what you can do for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge lesson. And I even told Riley at some point, I don't know how far past, I think it was before the second show, but it was after the first. And I told him, I'm not sure why, but I was meant to feel this. I mm -hmm. needed the, the universe yeah. said you need to feel yeah. last. And the funny thing is, is I believe in manifesting. And mm -hmm. there were numerous times when I was headed out to the horses that I felt, I felt a win. I, mm -hmm. I felt it. And I'm sure anyone else who's competed before they've, you felt, you know what I mean? Camille's yeah. a feel. Camille's yeah. a feel. And when you feel a win or you're trying to manifest something and it, you know, you, even tears will come in cause you can just feel that moment. Mm -hmm. um, and then to compare, to feel it before the first show and then to have the complete opposite during the second show. And I was just like, I felt that win. I felt it. Okay. You need to fix, mm -hmm. you need to fix. Mm -hmm. And then when I was on stage, it all happens so fast when mm -hmm. you're on stage, right. but like in that moment, cause I'm happy. I got top five. I was just happy to be there. You, yeah. can, call, <laughs> you can call my name at any given point from it here on out. Awesome. And we are fine. I'm sure I was stepping out at every single <laughs> my turn yet um to so but it, i took a moment i dropped my head and i took a moment i'm like yeah you felt you felt this before before it happened mm -hmm. and now you're feeling it this is it this is that mm -hmm. moment mm -hmm. and then it was a moment behind stage when camille and i were back in line and another bikini competitor who knew the story she looked at me and she's like this is this is the story she's like how yeah. are you handling it because you're like the last the first and i yeah. was like oh gal i tried and he was crying and i was like oh my god are you wrong? okay i was like no it's, it's a good okay and then yeah. we gotta walk back out because you got it back yeah. on stage so it's funny that 
to feel it beforehand to get to feel it on stage but then you have to hold those emotions because mm-hmm. you're a competitor you got to keep rolling on camille mm-hmm. knows how that show yep. is going back all for the overalls oh my stuff. god i seriously thought i had it at the diva i mm-hmm. was like a hundred percent in my bones i was like i just won <laughs> oh no! We're gonna have to sweat on stage now. <laughs> but I'm walking off as good as I feel. Yeah, right and I now. am gonna smile. And, and I'll be like, well, everybody, that was a good day. Let's go eat. <laughs> well, and and one of the things on that day that I remember is that they played the wrong music for you, for oh your T-Rock. Yeah. But nobody, unless you knew what right. her music was, you didn't know that they played yeah, the wrong yeah. music. And as the expediter, I also didn't have access to the music yeah. so I will say that but it was impressive to me how you handled that situation because you just kept going mm-hmm. like you didn't even facially nope. body language nope. no acknowledgement whatsoever just kept going uh-huh. and that to me is like gold like I was like if they play the wrong song for you you just go, go. Yep. and then it's like a challenge like yep. I don't know what this is gonna be but and this you is gonna be awesome see, and you can see Camille like a little bit into oh it like you, I because I was reading her face and I knew I knew all of everything and yeah. I was reading her face like something something's wrong no she's good and all of a sudden yeah. a little bit into it all of a sudden you see her jive and gets it because she said it clicked with her she's like yeah why am I upset I yeah. know this music I know yeah. it start hitting your cue so yeah. this is what happened so I'm like I'm out there I'm ready I'm like I've visualized this routine a thousand times mm-hmm. in my head in person I'm ready take two sp- confident strides and I hear the music <laughs> And I slow down ever so slightly. You can see my expression. I'm like, yes, yes. Little slow, little confused. I just naturally go into the same pose that I was hitting. And then I was like, no, okay. I know where the music's going because I knew that routine inside and out as well. So I knew where the parts were. I could join basically. So then I was like, and I built literally that entire routine around one pose Mm -hmm. so i was like and it went perfectly synced with the music and i was like oh my god i built this whole routine around a very specific part that went the music but i was able to hear the music and know what was coming up so i was able to like perfectly nail it and it happened to come on such like a perfect time with the music too i was like this was almost better (laughs) you were like and i did that but one of the things fell walking that's okay (laughs) well and you you touch on something there, visualization. I think that is an underutilized tool that a lot of competitors don't think about. Like they think about this, they are like obsessed with the show and the stage and all of this stuff. But what do you look like on stage? What does your routine look like on stage? Mm-hmm. What does your stage presence feel mm-hmm. like? You know, like how is that going to look mm-hmm. and are you good with it? So like for me, visualization also starts with like showing people how to video themselves and give themselves some feedback. Like if you have adjectives that you want people to Mm -hmm. see, if you want to be powerful, if you want to be strong, if you want to be confident or whatever it is, um, those are just example. Do you see that when you watch yourself walk? Do you feel that? Mm -hmm. And if you don't, how do you change Mm -hmm. it? And it's not beating yourself up or saying, I'm not good at this. No, it's something that you're learning and, and like the presence piece you can use in your life. Do you want to be strong and powerful and confident in all areas of your yeah. life? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I want to walk into the room and like everyone's going to look Absolutely. at me and I have something to contribute. Like yeah. I, I have me mm-hmm. and like teaching people that and, and using that visualization tool and showing people what you want them to see of you. That is you mm-hmm. is really important. And that really sets you apart because when I watch and, and you can speak to this judging too, like when I watch a class come onto the stage, there is usually one or maybe two, one or two people that really do it for me. Mm-hmm. It's the stage presence mm-hmm. and it's the energy that they bring. You've got to turn that I'm like, before you okay, I yep. see it. I feel it. It's mm-hmm. more important that I feel it. And I like, even if I look down, I feel like I can still yeah. feel yeah. them. Like, are you and I'm glowing? like, are you I'm like, okay. Rain. Isn't that pretty? Yeah. It is. It's really beautiful <laughs> here on the she shed watching the rain. <laughs> But it's so it's so cool that you can create that by by showing people who you are and not trying to be like everyone else. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I read a book called With Winning in Mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley recommended I read it. He's competed many times. So I read it. And it's all about getting your mindset ready and visualizing that victory before it happens, mm-hmm. which I totally did. And like you said, with picking like kind of a, a adjective that describes you, I know I'm not a sexy flirty person on stage i'm just not that person and she's not meant to be my posing person. doesn't reflect that that's yeah. not my personality yeah it's not even my alter ego personality mm-hmm. i'm powerful when i'm mm-hmm. on stage 
And I, that's what I roll with. Like, even yeah. my physique, it's not sexy, flirty, sassy. Mm-hmm. It's just powerful. Yep. It's yeah. very athletic and powerful. So that's what I got to own. Mm-hmm. Because there's not one, per, like, type or style that wins show over show. It no. changes. Uh-huh. It's just the people From that show own show. Yeah. whatever they got. And then I was like, okay, well, I can't be what the typical bikini sassy is, but I got something else. Yeah. And we'll see and, if it works. And you, when you own into that and you own up to it, you the judges will see that. And you can see it from stage. And you can see the personality within the body and how you're holding it and mm-hmm. how you're presenting it. It's a big thing. It, it, it's crucial. Well, and I think... I think that being fit and being confident is sexy. So I don't think that that posing or presence Mm -hmm. necessarily needs to fall in that sexy avenue. And I wish that women would see that Mm -hmm. because I feel like if you're true to who you are and you don't feel like sassy and sexy is Mm -hmm. your thing, don't do sassy and sexy. Like that isn't your thing. If you are powerful, if you're strong, if you're, you're fierce, Mm -hmm. if you are like commanding, Mm -hmm. like do those things and celebrate that. Mm -hmm. Because if you try to do something that you're not, we feel that (laughs) and we see that. We see you. And for me, for the first show, there was someone, a very different type one. Mm-hmm. And then at the second show, I competed at a very different type one. Mm-hmm. And I started to second guess myself. I didn't know if I needed to be more like person one or person two. I didn't know if I needed mm-hmm. to incorporate those things. I, you know, at, uh, after getting so close two times, I was like, do I need to be more like mm-hmm. them? But I don't even know to what to you. do. It's so like... I like stopped second guessing myself. I was like, mm-hmm. nope, we just got to go with what we have. And that's yep. it. You just give it your best all Mm-hmm. And see what happens. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it worked out. But like, <laughs> and I think people, because they don't understand that being you always works better than trying to be somebody else, mm-hmm. they adopt styles that they see on stage or po- like the posing and yeah. even the transitions because they feel like because that one, you know, they right. want to they want to yeah. emulate that or they want to imitate that. Um, but that actually isn't what won. It mm-hmm. was the person doing that because that was who they were, yep, you right. know, and, and trying to copy that just kind of makes it cheap, you know? Absolutely. So going with that kind of in- individuality and bringing it back to kind of capstone with the balance, Tara, what does a balanced day look like for you? Like, okay. what is that version look like for you? Does it involve mm-hmm. yoga or meditation or affirmations mm-hmm. or what is a balanced meals? What does your balanced day look like? That is a great question. So a balanced day for me starts out with meditation because one of the things that I have run into um, is that my mind tends to wander and I have had anxiety and picked up a lot of energy that I don't know what to do with sometimes. So if I meditate every morning, then it it allows me a time to kind of connect with myself and set an intention for the Mm -hmm. day. I do like a a gratitude journaling every day um, and that kind of sets my day up with a an intention like Mm -hmm. you know is my intention today to just be really accepting of everything that happens or is it to be full of love even for things that I don't understand and just give me like a good base to build my day on Mm -hmm. um my day also starts out with coffee which is amazing (laughs) um so and and just like a kind of a connecting with myself because I feel like our world is so disconnected Mm -hmm. and it's so easy to lose track of who we really are that staying connected and staying grounded in who you are is such an important piece of moving forward, like even just day to day. So that's how I start. Um, my meals are- Is that typically like your morning routine? How long yeah, does that look like? Um, that usually looks like about an hour. So okay. before I commit to doing anything, I always have an hour of my own time because I don't like to rush. I can mm-hmm. get up earlier so I don't have to rush mm-hmm. and I can like move my day around because I'm an entrepreneur. but that seems to work the best for me. Um, and then my meals are when I'm hungry and I eat what feels good in my body. And that means that I make good choices. Mm -hmm. Like I like whole foods. I don't eat a lot of processed junk, but once in a while, if I want a donut or once in a while, if I want something, do I have it? Yes. And I guess what? I don't feel guilty about it. And that feels amazing because (laughs) it took years of work to get there, but I eat when I'm hungry. I eat until I feel satisfied. And I know that I could eat more but then I would feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I have figured out where like I feel satiated mm-hmm. and then I stop and I know about where that is. Mm-hmm. So I trust myself. Um, I work with clients. I do work from home. So I get, I have my day kind of scheduled out previously. So I know like, okay, mm-hmm. so I have two hours worth of work and then I schedule myself breaks because I know that I can't be 
like optimally functioning 100% for like five hours mm-hmm. at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, for every two hours, I need like a 30 minutes where I just recharge or I do something that that I feel happy or joy in. Like today, it might be running around in the rain outside after this, you know, and just, and just feeling and just feeling like joy and happiness and and making that part of my day and being mindful of that. So absolutely. Um, and when I see clients, that's exciting for me too because I get to serve people. Like mm-hmm. I'm a, my my job or my what I do is service to others, mm-hmm. and I love that, and I love hearing people's stories and being part of their journey and whatever I'm doing with them. So I feel really full from that. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't do things that I don't like anymore. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of social events. I, I stay home a lot. I spend time with people that I like. I like to be in homes. I don't want to go out for happy hour. Mm-hmm. So I just, I know myself better. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to make choices that feel good to me and, and like really take care of who I am. So that feels really good. And that feels like my balancing act. I love it. It's awesome. (laughs) Perfect. And what upcoming events that do you have? Because I know you have some kind of coming down the pipe here um, that I think would be really useful um, and valuable for our listeners that plays very well with just living a balanced life. (laughs) Well, in a lot of, not a lot of what we talked about today, but some of what we talked about today will be applied to her program that she's put together. So Mm -hmm. do you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing? Yeah. So I have, I do have um, a business that I'm moving forward and kind of growing right now outside of perfectly prepared. Um, So I want to talk about the perfectly prepared Mm -hmm. stuff. So I have some of the things that we talked about, I want to talk about after the competition, like what's next, what's beyond the stage, you know, talk about who, who are you? How do you identify yourself? What are your relationships like with food, with working out your relationships with people like your, your family and how you can be better at doing the things that you love and prioritizing. Because many times I feel like we get in this like tunnel vision, the show, the show, the show, and we don't have any goals outside of that. So how do we stay balanced? How do we stay, you know, unobsessed mm-hmm. and and do this in a healthier manner and what else is out there you know what else is out in the industry what else are, are things that we can do to stay involved and to take care of ourselves mm-hmm. and to support each other and, and translate the lessons you learned while yeah. competing into your normal life absolutely so I have a an event on the first and that is a like a post show um, seminar about all of those topics mm-hmm. so I, I feel like what I'm trying to do is create community around that and make these subjects not taboo. Like, I feel like when I started, this was so taboo. We didn't talk about post-competition blues. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about like how you felt. You just like went through it and it was a kind of a shameful thing and nobody nobody wanted to talk about it. So I wanna talk about it. <laughs> so, so I have that available on the first and then my group sessions start again on July 22nd. Um, And one of the things that's really great about that is just being able to have community and meeting other women who who have real lives and who are also Mm -hmm. passionate about fitness and finding kind of your people, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's a great place to find people that you connect with and that you can, you know, create deeper relationships with and move forward in life, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it be through competition or through anything. So, you know, that was one of the best things that I got out of competing was the people that I've met. Yeah. And so my new project is, uh, it's brand new. Um, I have branched out into a new brand and my first event is the Sunday. It's called Unleash Your Soul Purpose. And it is a, a photo shoot this Sunday, but what, what has gone into it beforehand has been a, like a self-development course about learning who you are, kind of stripped of all your labels and what you want out of life, taking inventory of what is going on in different areas of your life, and then talking about fear and where fear plays a role in all of those stories. Like what are your challenges with health, with money, with family, with, um, with love, with career, mm-hmm. and figuring out where those fears came from and what that story is and kind of rewriting it into what you want out of your mm-hmm. life, taking those things and and figuring out your purpose and and what is your what's your message for the world and kind of embracing that and capturing it in a photo shoot. And so that's something that I'm moving forward with and under that brand, 
I'm going to, I haven't really talked about this a whole lot, but I am working on a book and my own podcast and thank you and events. And I want to work with women, not just specifically in the fitness community, Mm -hmm. but women who are in Mm -hmm. business, women who just women and like create a community where we can be really deeply connected and talk about things that matter and kind of get rid of the surface crap and Mm -hmm. and just dig in a little bit deeper and create connections and move forward and create momentum in our own lives so that we can be the best versions of ourselves and like live our best life Mm -hmm. so that's that's my this is my introductory course that i'm having um right now and and i will be moving forward with another course shortly but i'm excited i'm really excited to have that um and I look forward to what that entails. So we do too. And yeah. I think our listeners yeah. will as well. Absolutely. And for our listeners, where can they find you or find more about these events? So you can find me on Facebook. I am Tara Ann Marie Thatcher because I use my middle name um, because there is a Tara Thatcher, I guess, mm-hmm. out there who is not me. Um, so I'm Tara Ann Marie Thatcher on Facebook. And I have, um, you know, a page for Perfectly Prepared. And I'm working on one for Unleash Your, which is. I also have a website. It's unleashyour.net. And I have it kind of open like that because it could be anything. It could be unleash your, your sole purpose, mm-hmm. unleash your full potential, unleash your visual brand, mm-hmm. unleash whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm working on right now. I also have a current site that's beperfectlyprepared.com. You can find me on Instagram um, at Tara A. Thatcher and perfectly prepared is at perfectly prepared and at Unleash Your Soul Purpose. I mean, I don't think I'm going to add a whole lot more to that. <laughs> I feel like that was a lot, but I am I am there. So. Um, I have a question. You said possible book in the works. Mm-hmm. Can uh, the people kind of know, do you have a deadline or a goal in mind for that? My goal is to finish okay. uh, this year. Okay. I have started and it is... It's kind of my journey through all of my learning experiences, which is still happening. So I think that there it will I will never stop learning. Mm-hmm. But it is through a lot of the things that I've been through and how that has kind of molded me into who I am and sharing the struggles that I've had and, and letting people know that they're not alone. Like there's no shame in, mm-hmm. in saying like I struggle with this or whatever it is and, and reaching out and asking for help. Right. So cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Tara. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. I love the she shed and I love the soul sister. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys in the next episode.